From Swoop, it's Take the Plunge, a podcast about how business owners decided to stop what they were doing and took the plunge to start their own businesses. We take a look at how they came to that decision and what those first crucial steps were in getting their businesses up and running. My name's Kieran, and I'll be your host for this episode. Here's what you can expect on today's episode. And I think after a while, you know, the great salary and all the perks just couldn't compensate for the fact that I just, I didn't feel like any interest in what I was doing or like mm-hmm. a sense of like proudness when I talked about it. I guess it was like, there's a kind of like a lack of like a fulfillment that just wasn't there, like a sense of mm. purpose. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Claudia Gwynnut, CEO and founder of Circla. Circla are building a place where you can discover brands who are committed to quality, lead with purpose and are conscious of their impact on the planet. A space where planet positivity isn't something you have to double check. You're very, very welcome, Claudia. How are you doing today? Um, I'm great, thank you. Thank you so much for for having me on. Um, Yeah, really excited to be chatting with you. Awesome. Uh, Well, Claudia, if I could take you back in time a little bit, could you tell me what you were doing before Circla? Why did you decide to stop doing that and then get stuck into what you're doing today? Yep, sure. So, oh my gosh, I rewind back. It's like nearly 10 years ago, um, which really starts to show my age. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I did the kind of typical thing, you know, that most people kind of do when they finish university. Um, I went to join a graduate program. There wasn't much thought into it besides which one would take me and which one gave yeah. the highest salary. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, if I was, if, to, to be honest. And I kind of just, I guess, followed the crowd. So, um, I ended up joining Barclays. I joined on their graduate program and I ended up staying there for nearly nine years, which, yeah, is a lot of time when I guess you didn't really know what you wanted to, to you know, to do. But um, I did move around a lot in the company. Um, I went out to work in Africa for a couple of years and I kind of changed like within the bank. So I moved around a lot, which I think was always the prerequisite to me knowing that actually it's not really what I wanted to do because <laughs> kind of every 18 months I got bored and wanted to change. <laughs> Just picking up from what, what you were saying there, you you were you had done nine years in, in Barclays and was it one too many 18 month changes uh, that decided, right, that's it? Or was there kind of something that finally clicked in your head? You're like, I want to do something different. I think it was a bit of a mix of things. I think I really had there was a lot of great stuff. And I, you know, I, I'm not someone who's like anti-corporate or, you know, or anything like that. I think there's a lot of you learn a lot like the the team atmosphere was amazing. I got to do like lots of very cool things. And, you know, for that, I'm always like really, really appreciative. And I actually, when it came to like raising money and running Circular, having had that corporate experience has definitely been really, really useful. But I think for me, I just like, I wasn't like, I think two things. One, I just really wasn't that interested in finance. And I think after a while, you know, the great salary and all the perks just couldn't compensate for the fact that I just I didn't feel like any interest in what I was doing or like Mm -hmm. a sense of like proudness when I talked about it I guess it was like there's a kind of like a lack of like a fulfillment that just wasn't there like a sense of Mm -hmm. purpose and then I think the second thing is that the more senior you get the less you feel like you're actually doing work and I'm someone who's actually really likes kind of being quite involved and you know seeing tangible output and what I found myself doing was kind of like learning how to make a PowerPoint, teaching other people how to make a PowerPoint, managing PowerPoints and it just got further and further away from like seeing output and I really wanted to be involved in something where on a daily basis I could really feel 
the impact of what I was doing. And it was those few things that kind of made me really start thinking like I most probably either want to go into a smaller based environment or start something on mm-hmm. my own. But I still didn't know exactly what that was. But I de- the first yeah. stage for me was not the business idea. It was more like a sense of this is not what I want to this be doing anymore. Yeah, this isn't for me. And then after making that realization, kind of how long did it take to start to formulate the business idea or did you throw yourself into something else first? Yeah, I mean, it was, I definitely didn't have, I think a lot of the times when you hear businesses talk, they kind of pinpoint to this like light bulb moment of their business idea. And normally that's because it makes a really good PR story. And we have that as well <laughs> because, you know, it sells and, you know, it's interesting and, you know, no one wants to hear yeah. like, you know, a 10 hour story about how you came up with your business idea. But the reality is, is that for me, it wasn't really like a light bulb moment. I got to a point where I just, I really knew that I wanted to do something else, but I just didn't know what it, what it was. I had lots of different interests. I ended up saving up a lot of money and decided to take some time out. So I took a, you know, what cliche millennial does. I took a sabbatical and instead of kind of going traveling and, you know, finding myself on the beach in Thailand, Mm. I spent those six months in London and just tried lots of different things. You know, spent time exploring interests. One of those things had been around like sustainability. You know, this is taking us back two years ago. You know, the David Attenborough effect is like taking hold. I was becoming more aware, you know, you know, consumer, Mm -hmm. my own consumer kind of choices, I guess. And yeah, I explored lots of different things. I like, I planned someone's wedding. I went to go work at a garden center. Like I really did a lot of weird stuff. (laughs) And the thing that I kind of started keep coming back to was this idea of like the circular economy, packaging, you know, kind of the beauty industry that always been things I've been really interested in. And from there, kind of the process of coming up with the idea started. But yeah, there was a whole couple of months before of just like working out which, what stuff interested me outside of like having spent nine years, you know, in a corporate environment. What was the the least favorite thing you tried out? I mean, I have to say it was, it was planning someone's wedding. I I really (laughs) thought I would love it because I, I really love organizing things and I love going to weddings, but yeah, dealing with someone spending an hour, like making a decision on what napkin type they want. Like I'm just Not too impatient one. and was like, let's make a decision. Please make a decision. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was, it was not for me. <laughs> and then, so when you did start to kind of come to the realization that there was something with Circla and you wanted to start the business, what were the kind of first things you did to kind of get up and operational? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't quit you know, Barclays until the idea had like a bit more kind of backing. So Mm -hmm. I ended up like doing a lot of, you know, speaking to anyone who knew anything about this initially to like see if there was something there. I then did kind of put together a bit of a, like a, a brainstorm or like a view of what it looked like. And I got quite lucky. And I think this is where things just changed quite quickly for me. And that this is not most probably the the way that things always work. So I ended up in an, like a pitching event, like a, um, what are those called? Like those kind of hacking, what are they called? You know, like when you put people together in like a kind of- Hackathon. Yeah, a hackathon, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and I went to one of those and it was all around like the environment and sustainability. And I sort of pitched the idea that I kind of built for Circler. And I just got very lucky that in the room was an accelerator program um, and they approached me afterwards and they were like, look, you really think you're onto something. Let's carry on the conversation. And from there, things just moved really quickly. By this point, I was back at Barclays 
and then started speaking with them. And then they offered me a place on their accelerator. And that was on the premises that you had to be working on the business full time. So I had to quit. So that bit of the journey is a little bit, a lot of it is being, is about luck and being in the right place at the right time. But I think when I look back on it, it's also about putting yourself into like out of comfort zone situations where those Mm. things can happen. Like it didn't, it didn't just happen around, you know, it was random, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it also happened because you're putting yourself you're putting out yourself there for to, yeah, to, to let those things happen. And and how did you find the accelerator as a, as a process for accelerating your business? Yeah, I mean, for us, we got I got quite unlucky because as I started, COVID happened. <laughs> so now we're kind of coming up to date, you know, with time. So this is towards the end of 2019. I joined the accelerator yeah. program. I left Barclays, joined the accelerator, and obviously three months later, COVID happened um, and we were just, I was just about to launch our like, like a pilot for the business and everything, you know, turned upside down. So I didn't really get the full experience because a lot of it went online. They had to grapple with how do we move this thing that they do in person and it's very bespoke to online. Um, So I don't think I can truly say I got the full experience, but I still, you know, if you can get on some kind of program, particularly if you're a single founder, I would massively advocate for it because if you've never started a business, there's just, no matter how good your idea is, you know, it's a bit like being a leader and a boss is how I always describe it. Like you can have an amazing idea, but you still need management skills, you know, to be a great boss. You could be a great leader, but it doesn't mean you're a great boss. And I think that's the same with entrepreneurship. You could have, be a total visionary, but there's still functional things that you can learn to then be a great CEO or like actually make your business successful. So did you find the accelerator kind of set you up better to kind of manage people, build a team operationally, as opposed to say, accelerating funding? Yeah, a bit of a mix of both. I think a lot of it was around like how to to think about how we launched and how we did that um, and to plan quite, you know, things like planning your cash flow and things like that. It's just, I think a lot of people, when they say you work in finance, they expect that you're like a kind of an accountant Yes. you know, whiz, but actually you could be working in finance and not really be touching that stuff, you know, so really managing like the cash flow of your business, how to raise money. There's some of those practical things like how does hiring people work? How do you actually really launch something and what all the steps you need to do? That kind of planning and having someone sat by your side to help you plan that, yeah, was, you know, was really, really crucial. And I think that was a huge benefit from being on the accelerator. And then I kind of, obviously COVID's happening, but you're still, you're still going. And how did you then get into a situation where you got launched, you went live, you started to gather customers? Like, talk me through that. Yeah, I always think back to this. I mean, it feels, I remember when I joined the accelerator, the idea for Circular was just like literally a PowerPoint presentation. It was just an idea. And I remember PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, yeah, nine nine years of experience. (laughs) I'm sure beautiful animation, graphs, everything, font size. Yeah. (laughs) Nine year career to build a a PowerPoint. Um, (laughs) I always think back to that, like what was the like exact first step? I think for me, because of the way that we work, I think getting the brands on board to like the idea of Circler was the first thing. And because I'd already spoken to a lot of brands when I'd been thinking about Circler, I remember the first big thing I did was like reach out to them and be like, this is what I'm thinking. And then from there, like things just started to follow. It was like, okay, now we've got brands, like how are we going to package it? 
right? We need a website, the branding. I remember just so much going on all at once. And I would say if I went back, you know, you learn so much when you start a company, like you spend a lot of time on stuff that you kind of don't need to. But I wish one thing I was, and I don't think there's a right answer to this. It's very difficult because I have much more of an operational background. I focused a lot more on like getting a pilot out as quickly as possible. And there's probably not enough time around how do you really market this? How do you position this? The look and feel and the kind of softer touch points, which we've kind of had to play a lot of catch up on in the last year. Um, mm -hmm. But then at the same time, it did get us out there a lot quicker. And whilst it wasn't perfect, there is something to say, I think, about just kind of getting yourself out there, trying it and then kind of seeing if there was actually a need and then building on it. So the last year we've, you know, the, the operations are there and it's kind of running and it, they're constantly now just being improved upon and, you know, being scaled, I guess. And a lot of the work mm -hmm. that I needed help with because it's just not my background was the softer things like, you know, what's the tone of voice of Circler and, you know, what font do we use and all that stuff. Yeah. Actually, I think I used to overrule a bit, but actually that is, so important, particularly when you're building yes. a consumer product um, or a consumer brand. We just scale both of these bits where it's like we're both very operationally heavy and we're also, you know, a service to a customer. So you, there would need to be a bit more of a balance in the two. Obviously, with with your um, business is obviously very much being able to access it via website and people discovering it and searching it. So therefore kind of having website development, usability, user research, those kind of things start to really come into play. How did you find that side of the business? Were you equipped? Were you getting people in? Were you outsourcing? Uh, what kind of stuff were you doing? Um, yeah, I'd say you've hit on like my biggest pain point was website. <laughs> um, I really knew nothing about it and have definitely made the most mistakes on this. So originally when we did the pilot, we I just built up myself, like it was on Squarespace, which is very easy, I think, to make something look good, but it didn't very have it didn't have much of the functionality we wanted. Yeah. We then moved to Shopify. And yeah. I would say this is where we've probably wasted quite a bit of money. Um, we got our fingers burnt as well with one agency, and it's taken a bit of time to kind of get into the flow of it because it's so important. So mm -hmm. we don't have the skills in-house, but we've now finally, finally found like a really great developer to work alongside us who's awesome. really can understand like what we're trying to build, you know, is reasonably priced. But yeah, it was, I think, because I didn't know, and I think you end up kind of putting yourself in a position where you can get taken advantage of a little bit. And website development is incredibly expensive when you start doing bespoke things, which I was probably under, you know, underappreciated. So, but yeah, now we're in a space where like every month we've got like fixes and things that we're developing. So it's like the, the mm -hmm. core bones is there. And now it's just a case of like, what's our roadmap for the next six months and how do we kind of keep building it out? Um, but it, that's taken a year to get us there. So it's, it's definitely been a journey. And then on the other side, in terms of getting people to, to the kind of virtual shop, so to speak, how have you found that in terms of attracting customers in and um, what's worked, what, what's been a challenge? Yeah. So for what we've done and like my approach is we've not put all our eggs in one basket. So mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot, the beginning of the journey was just really making sure what we were doing works, like getting the, the, 
you know, as I said, like the operational side ready. And then I say it's only really recently we've started like really going after and trying market various marketing things. And I guess if you look at it, you have so many different things you can try. And what we're doing at the moment is trying all of them, trying to be as flexible, you know, nimble as possible and seeing what sticks. You know, so we've recently launched, you know, Instagram ads. Today, we're actually doing a kind of um, a local campaign in one of the areas that we we deliver to. Um, we've just started working with influencers. We're looking at affiliates. You know, we've had a lot of positive PR, which I think is really, really great. You know, mm -hmm. we still haven't even touched on SEO and Google ads. So, you know, there's so many different things that you can try. And what we're doing at the moment is like testing them all mm -hmm. and then being really quick to like be like, actually, this doesn't work. Let's just stop that. Or actually, yeah. is it not working? So we haven't hit the golden nugget, I would say, okay. yet. Um, it's still, we're still in a bit of a test and learn phase. And I, I think the outcome will be that it's it's a mix of things. But, you know, yeah, let's let's kind of wait and see. And then uh, in terms of like attracting or discovering the right brands that you want to work with and, and how's on Circular, kind of how do you manage that side of the business? Yeah, so, I mean, I always find it so funny because I sometimes look back at my first ever email chain to some of the brands <laughs> that we work with and it's like, hi, my name's Claudia and I'm thinking of this idea. And like, it's like this huge long email, like trying to beg them to like work with me. And that's definitely changed now. You know, we have over 30 brands on the platform, like 100, over 160 products, which is, that's just, that's happened in the last like six, seven months. So a lot of the brands now approach us, which is, is amazing. It saves me a lot of time. I think there is still, you know, us reaching out to brands is definitely a part of it, but we are quite strict with who we want to on the platform because there's obviously two sides to the business. One is like discovering all these amazing brands. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the second bit is around, you know, the reusable packaging. So we have built like a criteria that we take brands through, you know, so we don't, you know, we want to make sure that they align with our ethos and, um, you know, do what they say they do to take away that kind of pain point that customers say, which is like, I want to shop more sustainably, but like, there's just a sea of information out there and loads of greenwashing. And how do I know if I'm doing or p picking what's right? So yeah, we, we have a bit of a process involved, but yeah, it's definitely different from me, like sending out these long emails with like a 10 PowerPoint presentation <laughs> around why they should work with Circular. It works a lot quicker now and it's a bit more nimble. <laughs> but I suppose how satisfying is it seeing the kind of end-to-end -end customer journey now whereby they come on, they discover, they find a brand, they, 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 they get what they want, and then you get the little ding and Shopify to say, yeah, hey. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a feeling that beats it. You know, I think I speak to lots of small businesses. Um, like I built like a real night like great network of founders and I think for all of us like the feeling of like someone ordering or you know doing a delivery I, I just I think it's gonna take a really long time for that not to give you a sense of excitement <laughs> yeah you know even just like when people message you and they're like you know I love what you're doing um even mm -hmm. if they can't order because they're not in our delivery area or something like that I mean yeah it's just nothing that beats that particularly you have to remind yourself of those things on days where things go wrong and no one's ordering <laughs> Many of those days. Yeah. Um, and uh, in terms of kind of where you are as a business now, what are the kind of current kind of challenges that you're trying to overcome or improve? Yeah. So I think, you know, customer growth is obviously always, you know, a huge one and kind of working on, you know, how do we, how do we grow that kind of, you know, quickly, but sustain, you know, sustainably. And, and I mean that like, so is in, you know, we really retain those customers as well. I think it's a big challenge. You know, we've just started to grow the team. Um, you know, so it's a lot around like, how do we build the right 
you know, culture, how does that all work, responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of a sudden now it's like, right, we need processes in place for for the company. I'm like, yeah, and just like now thinking of like, how do we manage Christmas holidays? You know, all that kind of stuff that now comes into play, which you just did, I'd never had to do before because for so long it was just me. So, you know, that- And what what were the kind of first roles you, you brought into the team? Um, yeah, so the first role was um, someone to join as head of marketing, which, yeah, it's been mm-hmm. transformational having having people doing it on your own. I mean, there's a lot to say for it, but it's just it's humanely impossible for one person to be doing everything or to be good at everything. Yeah. So really being able to know that she's running that side of stuff and that's what she's focused on 100 percent of the time. And that lets me do, you know, other things is just, you know, so helpful and it lets us think bigger, lets me think bigger about how we expand. And then, yeah, we've just built out that side of the team. So we now have like someone running content and communications and yeah, so it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Scary, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what do you, what do you think are kind of the next kind of couple of roles or uh, jobs that you'll, you'll need to, to get addressed over the next kind of year or so? Yeah, so definitely a big one, I think, is like someone to come in and really manage like the brands um, mm-hmm. and like take that over and like that kind of brand partnership, building that out. And it was probably will kind of coincide with a bit of an ops role, like how do we really scale our operations? So, yeah, it was probably someone to come in to work closely alongside me is, is in on the operational side is most probably my next, you know, big the next big role that we'll most probably mm. you know, need at some point. You know, I think building out the marketing team, you know, even further is, you know, there's just always more and more you can you can do. And then I think the next bit is like looking at kind of a business development type role, like someone who's really thinking about the kind of strategic side, not the day to day running of, of you know, Circler. And um, obviously that's mm-hmm. what a lot of what I do at the moment. But, you know, thinking around how do you launch in other cities? How do you partner up with big retailers? Um, how do you white label this? You know, how, all the kind of testing big, big idea stuff um, is yeah. probably the second role. So, yeah. Nice. Um, well, thank you so much, uh, Claudia, for sharing your kind of journey so far. It's been fascinating to hear it from uh, PowerPoint beginnings, uh, right to, to garden center working, <laughs> to you sorting out some napkins uh, to eventually <laughs> get into circular. Um, it sounds absolutely brilliant and, and you, you, you're you so passionate about what, what you do. Um, so I can't wait to see how the, the brand grows and no doubt you'll have great success over the next year or so. Um, but thanks so much for, for coming, up, coming on. We really appreciate your time. No, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. <laughs>